Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. tonight that you make this meeting possible we thank you Lord for the lighthouse thank you for everything we have found in the lighthouse thank you for everyone you have given us in the lighthouse and thank you for every blessing and every advantage that you have given us through this church. We thank you for this congregation here in Bronx North. And thank you, Father, for the brethren. I am so blessed to be here tonight, Lord, that I get to share with the brethren over here. And I pray, Lord, that you will visit us tonight. I pray and thank you for the lives of Reverend Nat and Reverend Bright, thank you for the great work you're using them to do here. And thank you for all the people who help the pastors, the shepherds, the musicians, and technical people, and ushers, and everyone that helps to make this the great church that it is. We pray, Lord, for your visitation tonight. We pray that the Holy Spirit will be here to open our eyes to behold wondrous things out of your law. We pray, teach us, Lord, the way of life. Give us wisdom to know what to do. Give us vision to see things like you do. And help us, Lord, to be true examples of children of God. Help us, Lord, to be true Christians in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Wow. Okay, please be seated. Thank you. Thank you for... <laughs> hey, this is a very powerful church. <laughs> blessing to be here. Amen. I am very, very glad. If you could see my heart, you would know that it's bubbling with joy. And um, yeah. And I feel very honored to be here. You know, when I sat down, then I saw this, you know, and I was thinking that I am rather honored to be here. <laughs> I am, I, am, I am the one who is honored to be here because I'm the one whose face is on the screen. You see what I'm saying? So I 
thank you very much, and I'm very grateful to all of you for such a warm welcome to your powerful church. Amen. Amen. And um, I thank God for the lives of your pastors. Amen. 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 Reverend Nat is someone I've known for a long time, you know, and, um, you know, we go back many years, but um, he used to live in London a long time ago, and um, one day he was walking on one of the streets of London, <laughs> and he saw that they were selling speakers. Those days, we didn't have any of these mini Bluetooth speakers. If you said speaker, you know, then you know, it was really something that speaks. <laughs> Big. And then Pastor Nat saw a shop where they had reduced the speakers. So he told the people he's coming. <laughs> Then he went to the ATM and he took money and he came to buy the speakers. Now, instead of calling a taxi to take him home, I think he wanted to take the speakers on the bus. <laughs> See, now this man comes from Ghana and where he comes from in Ghana, you can call some people to come and carry it. (laughs) But then he realized all of a sudden that in London, there's no such person. (laughs) He carried the speakers. (laughs) He put the speakers on his head. (laughs) So anytime I see him, I just remember... (laughs) Can you picture Reverend Nat carrying speakers on his head? It's like he has prospered. (laughs) It's too fantastic. (laughs) Hallelujah. But it's great to have him in the church. He's been in the church for a long time. It's a blessing. Amen. And I thank God for Reverend Bright. I I think I think he's living out his name. He's one of the bright spots in the church. Yeah. And I and I I think I think that he's going to do very well. I was, I was telling him, you guys have to move out of this place. Do you agree? Yes. You believe it? Yes. Yeah. That you have to move out of this place and get a nice, bigger place. So that, so that your beauty can be seen. You get it, because you have a lot of beauty, but it is also swallowed by a lot of other things. You see, yeah, and it's because 
is not your place. But your day is coming. Yes. After these meetings, you are released to find a new place. Amen. Yeah. The prophecy you believe is the prophecy that will happen practically in your life. Expect to find a new place. Yeah. Beautiful place that will really work for your church. So that the beauty in your church will come out. Amen. Yeah. So you're blessed. I think you're blessed to have a good man for a pastor. And, um, I pray that you will love him and, and encourage him. Amen. Amen. And I believe that as you encourage him, God will use him to bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God will use him as a vessel to bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. If you have a vessel and you take good care of the vessel, that vessel serves you for a long time. Do you see what I'm saying? If you have a vessel and you abuse it, that vessel does not last. It's like you have a glass, sometimes you leave it standing here. One day you will come and realize it's falling. That's the end of your glass. But if you have a glass, you use it when you finish, you go and put it where it belongs. It continues to serve for a long time. Amen. So I believe that God is going to use him greatly to bless you. Amen. So show him love and show love also to his wife. Yeah. Yeah. Because. Listen, listen. <laughs> because some people, some people. Actually, you can sit down. <laughs> Some people love the pastor, but they don't like the pastor's wife. Yeah, yeah. You see? But, so they didn't come to church. So, I, I, listen, listen. So I'm, I'm telling you, so when they come, you tell them. Amen. Amen. That when you love your pastor, you must love your pastor's wife. Not, not just your pastor's wife. You must love everyone your pastor loves. Amen. You must love your pastor's children. You must love even the people the pastor chooses to work with. Do you see? You must love because you never know why the pastor has chosen someone to work for them. You know, and so you must love. Don't judge, don't get jealous of people. And you see, and let me tell you something about jealousy. When you find yourself jealous, because jealousy is one of those feelings that you do not intentionally activate. Is it true? 
you realize that before you know it, you are jealous. <laughs> yeah, even sometimes you don't know, sometimes you don't even know that that feeling you are having is jealous. You see, yeah. The, the feeling of, let's say, it's a feeling of sourness that comes to you when you see someone or when you hear something. Usually something good about the person. Yeah, and from that point on, you see that as you're going through the day, you feel there's something wrong, something wrong. You, you can't quite place what it is. But if you trace your steps back, you see it goes back to the point when you heard that so-and-so is doing this. Yeah, that's, that's jealousy. Right. But I'm saying that when you feel jealous, instead of acting on it, pray about it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it's a feeling that was created in you actually by God. Do you understand? But it's supposed to be used to do good things. Not you be used to do evil things. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. Supposed to be used to do good things. So, when you see or feel that you're jealous, pray about it. Don't act on it. Don't become, see the pastor's wife. You are jealous. Do you understand? <laughs> Pray about it. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Anyway, next time we'll talk about jealousy. Yeah. But I was just saying that you should love your pastor's wife. How many understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, a pastor's wife is a special person because, because, because I'm sure you ladies know that most regular ladies, just regular ladies, do not like sharing their man with so many people. Is it true or false? Yeah. see so so think about it your husband your husband has the phone pastor bright give me your phone yeah yes see can you turn it on yes yes see and then give me your the uh, contact yes you see you see you see, look, if you take the name Abina alone, one, two, three, four, five. Hey. Then there's Ajoa. You see. Agnes, Akosua, Efoa, Crystal, Alice. I should go to S. Okay. I'm going to S. Rose. 
You see, most ladies don't like their husbands to have all these ladies' names. So many ladies' names on your husband's phone. Most regular ladies do not like, they don't like that. Yeah. You see, I, I couldn't get to S. Too many. <laughs> so, so, when you meet someone, when you meet someone who is able to live with a situation like that and still be normal, do you understand? Yes. Yeah. You've met, you've met a special person. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So that is why you must love her. Do you get it? That's, that's, it's, it's not anything. Just, you just love her because, because she allows you to be loved by her husband also. Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. So you're blessed. Amen. You know, this week I have been thinking and um, I think we've been blessed to have Founders Day celebrations in our church. Founders Day celebrations in our church. Amen. Amen. And um, we as a church celebrate Founders Day. I've already started preaching. So, so if you were waiting for me to start, <laughs> I started already. <laughs> Amen. I'm just saying that, I'm just saying that we as a church do celebrate Founders Day and we make a lot of noise about it. We make a lot of noise about it because we feel blessed greatly that God has given us the father he has given us and has given us the church he has given us through him. Are you getting what I'm saying? I believe that if the scripture says Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 2. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 2. It says, Honor thy father and thy what? Mother. He says, honor thy father and thy mother. Isn't it? Yeah. Which is the first commandment with promise. God has added a promise to this commandment that if you honor your father and your mother. Now, father and mother. When you see father and mother, you are putting the two together to get people who are the source of your existence. Do you understand? So when God says you must honor your father and mother, what he's talking about is you must honor the person through whom you have come to be. Are you getting what I'm saying? You must honor the person through whom you have come to be. It is a very dangerous life to live and despise the person through whom you came to be. Do you understand? Now, when I, when the opposite of honoring is despising. 
See the way I came in, the way I came in, and everybody was just shouting and so on. The other thing you could do is I could just come in, and also you just, it's, it's like nobody has come. <laughs> do, do you follow what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm trying to say that despising doesn't always, um, it doesn't always go with kissing your teeth like some people can do it for like three miles. Yeah. You see, that's, that's not despising. That's, that's maybe an intense form of it. <laughs> you get it? But when you meet someone you are supposed to acknowledge and you just walk past, that is despising. One of the reasons, common reasons why church members get offended is that one of the common accusations my pastor saw me in town and he didn't mind me. Yeah. Do you, do you understand? Yeah. Do you know why that hurts? Because you feel despised. You feel like someone, maybe not just your pastor, but anyone. You see, sometimes people are quarreling with people, and what is the reason? Even when you ask them, how do you know this person has anything against you? So I know it. I know it. Then they say, what is the She saw me here and she just passed. Do you follow what I'm saying? She says, she saw me. And she, then even when somebody tries to defend and says, oh, how, what if she didn't see you? Oh, please. You say, please. She saw me. Our eyes met. She was looking in my direction. Right. So what is making you feel so sour is because you feel that someone, Mrs. Seji, Someone who should acknowledge you has deliberately refused to acknowledge you. That's why it hurts. That's in the natural. Right. So then, so then, can you not believe easily that if someone who is of spiritual significance to you is despised by you. See, if someone you know physically despises you and it naturally hurts you, then don't you think that there is a spiritual transgression when someone who is related to you spiritually is not acknowledged by you? Don't you think that something must be wrong spiritually? That something must be wrong, but because it's in the realm of the spirit, you don't see it. Because the thing about spiritual things is because you don't see it, you don't even know that it has happened. Are you getting what I'm saying? When you break a spiritual rule or break a spiritual law, you don't see it. And so you don't know that you have done it. If you break a natural law, you just know it easily, instantly. If you cross the road without watching, you will soon know. <laughs> you get it a few minutes after maybe seconds after stepping into the road without looking you will know that you did step in the road without looking <laughs> you see what I'm saying but when you break a spiritual law often there are no immediate consequences so a lot of people walk in spiritual error and do not realize that they are actually in error. And yet, because it's true, and because it's a law, and because it's real, it affects your life whether you like it or not. 
Do you understand? Yeah. And the same, the same way in which breaking it is invisible, its impact on your life is also invisible. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. So he says, honor, honor thy father and thy mother. Then he says, this is the first commandment. It's not an option. You get it? This is not, this is not a suggestion. You can't advise somebody with this. It's a commandment. Your father and your mother, the people who gave you life, you are supposed to honor them. Period. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, you see, father, sometimes you see, often there are two two forms of this. There's the one who gives birth to you. Then there's the one who raises you. Now, the two are not always the same person. Sometimes one person gives birth to you, which means the fathering process is begun by one, and then it's continued by another person. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. And if you have that situation, you owe honor to two people. Are you getting it? Yes. You cannot, you cannot push one aside. You cannot push one aside and say, you, didn't, you gave back to me, but you didn't look after me. It's this one that looked after me, and that's the only one I'm going to acknowledge. Have you bought, have you been to Subway? Do you know Subway, the sandwich place? Do you realize when you go to Subway sometimes, there's the person who starts the process. There's one person who takes the bread and gives it that V cut. (laughs) Isn't it? Yeah. Then the person will toast it. Then the person will start the process. He puts maybe the letters on it. Do you get it? Now, that's very far from your dream sandwich. <laughs> you see, then that person passes it on to the next, next person. You cannot despise that first person. When you eventually get your sandwich and it's so loaded, you, you know, sometimes, sometimes the sandwich is so loaded, you can't bring it to your mouth. Your mouth, you must bring your mouth to the sandwich. Yes, yes. You have to. Keep it, keep it in, in the bag and then you bring your mouth to it because the way it is. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you may be one of those people who, whose life is a product of the work of two people. Perhaps even more than two. But... If that person contributed to giving you life, do you understand? It says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment. You are commanded to honor your father and your mother. Do you understand? Yeah. Then it says, what's the next thing? It says, that it may be well with you. Do you understand? That it may be well with you, and thou mayest live long on earth. That it may be well with you, and that you will live long. So there are two different things. 
longevity. We all know people who are living long, but it's not well with them. Yeah? And then you know people who are living well, but they don't have longevity. Yeah. You see, like someone like Steve Jobs, he was really living well. The other day, I was watching something that was showing a yacht that he was building. You know, a yacht he was building in Holland. What before he died, they were making it a special custom-made um, yacht for him. But how to stay around long enough to enjoy it is not in his hands. Are you getting what I'm saying? You have to believe these things. You have to believe. You, you see, you, you have just come. As we were driving, the brother was just bringing me. And um, we were driving through uh, the city and driving through. And I remembered some of the buildings. And I was just thinking, wow. You know, we've been here a long time. And these buildings are still here. And then I started to think, it is fascinating how a human being can build something and the thing outlives him. You get it? That, yeah, some of these buildings are 100 years old. But the one who built it, it's gone. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? See, we have to be very humble because there's not a whole lot to us. Are you following what I'm saying? So when God gives you someone who just gives you a little tip on how to survive in a world you came to meet, a world that has been swallowing people for a long time before you got here, you do yourself a favor of humbling yourself and listen to what is being said to you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah, listen to what is being said to you. Yeah. He said that thou mayest live long. So right there, the Bible is telling you that longevity in life is connected to how you treat your parents, how you treat the people through whom you have life. Yeah. Longevity, how long you get to live, has something to do with the old lady in your house. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You see her every day, old lady. She calls you sometimes and you just hang up. You would like to call too much. Then you just hang up. That's longevity. Longevity is calling you. Longevity is calling you. Yeah. She calls you and she says, she says, you know, my uh, vitamins are finished. Hey, mama, as for you, these vitamins, every time vitamins, this, that, that. That's longevity is the one on the phone. Longevity. That's, that's, that is it. Yeah. Yeah. That phone conversation can make 65 into 75. Seriously. And that phone conversation can make it all finish at 45. Yeah. Same conversation. He says that thou mayest live long and that it may be well with you. 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 Hallelujah. So 
Why you say longevity is not early fitness? Do you understand? There's, there's a higher order than joining early fitness. There's a higher order than jogging around the block. Yeah. One time I saw in the news somebody went jogging. And she went jogging and then she was attacked by some people. And that's how they killed her. Is it not interesting how what you're doing to extend your life is what ends it? Can you imagine that what you're doing to keep you around here longer is exactly what provides the opportunity to make your life very short? Hallelujah. That is why we need, even as a church, we need to be very careful. A church that does not honor its father is a church that is not honoring the person through whom it came to be. Two things, two things are going to happen to the church. It will not be well with them. Do you understand? Number two, they will not be around for a long time. That is, that is it. Yeah? So sometimes when you see a lot of confusion in churches and so on, check the roots. Yeah. You see, that's one of the reasons why joining a breakaway church is always a bad idea. I'll tell you why. Because the nature of breakaway churches is such that it necessarily disrupts the relationship between the new pastor and the father who appointed or anointed him. Do you understand that? Yeah. Because breakaway churches are often founded on Anger, hurt, you know, somebody's hurt, something, something like that. In fact, hurt especially. Can you imagine that if you, you go into a church, then you go into the root, then you, God shows you the foundation. And under the whole thing is just hurt. That is like I brought a seat or something or something, I say you should stand on it. Then you decide, I want to check what is under. Then when you look under, it's just leaves. <laughs> yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? How do you do something so permanent based on a feeling so temporary? Yeah. So... Because of the way you are feeling today, you get angry, you get upset, and a new church is born. You can't do that. But what will happen is that, so such people then end up having a disrupted relationship with their pastor. But it's more than that. See, they think it's just a problem between me and him. But it's more than that. This is the guy who announced to everybody that you were a pastor. This is the guy who first gave you even something to do in the church. This is the guy that gave you a microphone for the first time. Do you understand? This is the guy that gave you life. You cannot have a disrupted relationship with him 
and still do well. Do you, you follow what I'm saying? You are just on a path that is naturally against you. Yeah. How many can understand my message? Yeah, I'm almost finished. <laughs> yeah. If you understand it, it's finished. No, but this one thing I'm sharing with you tonight, this thing I'm saying to you, is probably the explanation for many things in many of our lives. You get it? There's no use getting over and over again prayers, over and over again anointing oil poured on your head, some enter your ears, everything, everywhere. There's no... If the problem continues, do you understand? If the cause is continuing, the symptoms will continue. Yeah. Oh, think about it. Do you think that, do you think, do, do you have them in the Bronx here? These guys who push a cart and they'll be selling hot dogs and so on. They, they, they have the stove and everything in the cart and they push it, right? Can you imagine that you be going along the way and then you see one of those people, he has made the hot dog and is ready and everything. Then you, because you are hungry, you just take one, you snatch it, and you eat it. And you say, the guy who makes it, he doesn't matter. Do you think so? It's, you say he doesn't matter. Do you think you can eat your hot dog in peace? Are you sure the person doesn't matter? Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Look at Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13. And I think it's verse 17. I don't even know why I'm sharing about this, but I am sure that God wants to help someone anyway. Render, look at it, verse 7. Verse 7. Render, therefore, to all their dues. Do you see that? Render, therefore, to all their what? Their dues. That means... Give to everybody what is due them. Are you getting it? Yeah. Then it says, for example, custom to whom custom is due. Yeah. If there's a custom to be performed, he said, do it for the one to whom it is due. Some of us come from countries where to marry someone, you have to perform customary rights. Do you understand? meet, you cannot meet a girl. You get it? And then you and her stand somewhere in the corner, then you sing to each other, I love you. Then she says, you love me. Then you say, we are one big family. And give it. And then what? And what? What? With a great big hug and, and a kiss from me to you. Me too. That's your wedding. <laughs> it's finished. And the person starts living with you. 
No, seriously, it's, it's a very common thing. And the person is living with you. And you are together. And you despise and refuse to acknowledge that this person actually is somebody's hot dog. Yeah, 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 yeah. How can you, how can you see the hot dog on that trolley cooked and prepared and not imagine that there is an owner behind it? And refuse to think far. You don't think far. No, 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 no. Huh? Your thinking weren't good. It weren't good at the time. No, seriously. Do you think you can continue? You see, you can't remember this hot dog thing. When you see the guys, when you see the guys, you see them, they are pushing the thing, you know. I used to see them a lot in Manhattan especially. Yeah. You see them, they are pushing the thing and then they come to the street corner. And they have these hot dogs there. And they have this old ketchup uh, thing. (laughs) Then the mustard thing. Yeah. And they have this bowl that has chopped onions and, you know, things like that. And this guy is there. Don't you, do, do, do you not agree with me that it takes, it takes a bit more than being hungry or loving hot dogs to possess one of those? Do you agree with me that the fact that you really like hot dogs and the fact that you are really hungry, the two are not enough for possessing one of those? So same thing. You meet a girl. The fact that you really like her. And the fact that she really likes you. You get it? The two is not enough to despise the one who puts this girl together. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah. And if you despise the guy who made the hot dog, you get it. You, you see, you see, you have the hot dog in your hand, but you don't have peace. Yes. At, in fact, a time will come, a time will come, you will be willing to give up the hot dog so you can have peace. But usually at that time, it's too late. Even when you give up the hot dog, it's even the beginning of your problems. Yeah. Yeah. Because you will not render to people what is their due. You will not render custom to whom custom is due. Yeah. It says render fear to whom fear is due. Yeah. 
you're driving your car like that. And then, yeah. Then Susan calls. Then you pick up the phone. <laughs> Hi, Susan. Hey. And you're talking and you're talking. Then at the stoplight, then the police car pulls over. All right. Right. You get it. He, he pulls over to your side. You're supposed to fear and at least pause the conversation. Do you see what I'm saying? You're supposed to fear and at least pause the conversation. Yeah. Because you're going to go. Can you back up to verse 1? Go to verse 1. Verse 1. It says, oh, not plus 1. Uh-huh. 13 verse number 1. A. Do you have water in the church that we can pour on the person? It's okay. Look at this. Let every soul, let every soul be subject to the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. Did you see that? And the powers that be ordained are of God. It says there is no power, there is no authority, there is no power but of God. Did you see that? And the powers that be are of God. So look at verse 2, right? Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. Huh? And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Yeah? Verse 3. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. So, will thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. Right? Verse 4. For he is a minister of God. You see, you thought that the only ministers of God, Pastor Bright, once you don't have pastor or reverend against your name, you're not a minister. But now it's saying police officers are ministers of God. He says he is a, because a minister is a servant. So a minister is a servant. So what he's saying is that he's a minister of God, a revenger, to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Sometimes when I'm watching, you know, there's a show on TV called Cops. Have you seen that show? Yeah. Bad boys, what you gonna do? Yeah. Yeah. So, sometimes when, when you watch when you watch that program and you see how you see how how they'll be arresting people and so on. You even wonder, how do they know to stop the right car? Has it ever occurred to you? Especially when you watch even some of the, um, there are some shows that like, they're about investigations. Eh? What? First 48, where like somebody would die and then, you know. and, and, And when you watch the show, you watch the program and you watch the way the thing unfolds. 
You see, they, somebody has committed a crime. They have no clue who did it. No traces left. And they are just wandering. They don't even know how to catch the person. Then in an unrelated development, you see somebody going down the road. And he's the one that makes a left turn without a turn signal. You get it? Then the police officer happens to be there. Police officer pulls him over. And the police officer starts talking to him. Police officer says, I want to see what's in your trunk. Then when they open his trunk, they see a t-shirt with blood stains. Police officer gets more curious. And he's asking him, how did you get these stains here? And the guy said, oh, I cut, I cut my finger or something like that. And the blood, you know, and, the, and then the story develops. From, before you know it, they got the guy who killed somebody in another town. I tell you, when I watch these things, I said, look, God must be policing his world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't think that God only leads or works through believers. There are not enough of us. God sometimes includes unbelievers. He will include even a donkey if he has to. Yes. If you take our disobedience and take our fears and so on, and God has to travel through all those things before he can get things done, then you realize that God has to include a whole lot of other people. Yes. So when you meet, read Matthew, the Bible says God makes the sun to rise and he causes his rain to fall on the righteous and unrighteous. Yeah. I believe that it is the Lord who inspires that officer. Stop this guy. Yeah, stop this guy. And the officer just pulls the guy over. And then before you know it, they've got the guy, a serial killer. <laughs> Who probably was going to kill one of God's children next. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it says that he's a minister of God. A revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Then verse 5. It says, wherefore, ye must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but for conscience sake. Verse 6, verse 6, for this cause pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers, attending continually upon this very thing. Wow. Verse 7, therefore render unto all their dues, tribute to whom tribute Custom to whom custom. Fear to whom fear. Do you understand? So when you are misbehaving or whatever, fine. But when you see someone, you must acknowledge. And stop misbehaving. Do yourself a favor and stop the misbehavior. Get off the phone. Cut the speed of the car. And stay out of trouble. Because God... God will let him arrest you. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? One day I was going somewhere and then I, I, was, I started praying. I said, Lord, I bind every police officer who's going to arrest me and just give me a ticket. And I could hear the Lord. I, Look at what you're saying. <laughs> 
coche así. Ya. Yeah. Aleluya. Are you understanding me? And then it says, Anna to whom? Oh, did I say something wrong? Ooh, I'm so sorry. Ooh. Pastor Bright, I made your church members leave. Okay, are you going to come back tomorrow? Okay. Try real hard. Amen. Now, do you understand what I'm saying? So, he says, Anna to whom Anna is due. Do you get it? Now, what the Bible is saying here is that when someone is due Anna, make sure you give it to them. Hallelujah. That is why your father and mother become very critical here. That is why the founder of a church becomes very critical here. Do you see? Because it is their due. Amen. It is their due. I mean, when you live in somebody's house, grow in the person's house, take showers, long ones. Yeah? Yeah. Eat their food. Leave their lights on. Do you get it? You sleep in the room that they pay for. You leave the lights on. You add the fan. And you turn on the AC, you know, and play loud music. Yeah? And get up and go to the kitchen and eat what they have bought, you know, and take their milk, you know, and you, you take the milk. One guy, you know, he would go to the house after school with his big shorts, big shorts that come down like to his knees. And then he would get home. And then he'll take the, the, uh, the blender, the food processor, the cup, you know. Then he would go into the refrigerator. Then he would take some strawberries and throw them in there and take some other things. And, make, and then he would pour the milk by the gallon in there and then put the whole thing on the machine. Then press it. And then lift it up and take a straw and drop it in the cup. <laughs> yeah. Drinking it with the blades and everything, yes. Yeah. And you do this for years and years and years and years. And then suddenly you say that this person whose pocket was providing all of those things does not matter. Something will come after you. I don't think it should be difficult to believe this. Something will come after you. Just like if the guy had his hot dogs and you took it, something will come after you. Yeah. A siren will just come. Something will come after you. Yes. You can never eat your hot dog in peace. Same thing. If you despise someone on whose backs the church you are enjoying, the messages you are enjoying, the experience you are having, the prayers that are being prayed for you, the person on whose backs this was actually nest, if you despise such a person, something will come after you. 
Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah, something is going to come after you. And I'm telling you, this is one of the reasons why there are many people, they are they're already doomed to fail. It's just they haven't done the thing that will allow the failure to express itself. There are some people, if they were to marry right now, they would not, it would not work. It's just they have not married yet, so they don't know that it won't work. You know why? Because something is after you. What is that something? Because you have despised the person who gave you life. You have despised life itself. What makes you entitled to life? There are sicknesses that have lined up down the road waiting to get you. You just haven't reached there. You are here and the thing is over there. You just haven't reached there. That's why I didn't get you yet. Why? Because you have despised life itself. But you see, God sent me here tonight with a word of deliverance for you. Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yes. You don't shoo your mama off. Oh. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. You know when you should have said that? The day you landed. You're saying it now. It's too late. Your debts are already accrued. You should have said, leave me alone. When you formed up, that's when you should have said, leave me alone. You should have asked your mother to leave you alone as soon as the sperm and an egg got together. Even that egg would have been her egg. If you said, leave me alone then, you may not exist. She would take her egg back. (laughs) Some of you are so proud of your looks. Yeah. At it. You have her nose, you have her hair, and you despise her. Think about it. You're walking around, you're walking around with her nose, you're walking around with her hair. The texture of your hair is her hair, hair, that's her texture. Even your skin color is from her. You're just walking around with her and you say she doesn't matter. Yeah, you're definitely not bright. You don't know this pastor. (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Some of you have no respect for your fathers at all. Yes. Because your mother's taught you, your mother's raised you to disrespect your father. Your your mother's tried to carry out their vengeance against your father through you. Because they saw that you were someone that your father liked. And so they thought that if they can turn you against him, then that would be a way to hurt him. Because you see, a lot of things go on between two people who have decided to live together for a long time. A lot of things go on. 
in, in, in a marital situation. Yeah. And sometimes you can get so bitter, you can be so vengeful, you can want something bad to happen to the other person. Yeah. That will not be your story in the name of Jesus. Yeah. But you see, sometimes you're already a product of that situation. You get it? Because, you see, you can be a very great, great, great father, but a very bad husband. Do you see what I'm saying? There are different things. That's why the names are different. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Because they mean different things. How, how can you call two people sitting in the same car? You call one driver, you call one passenger. Why do we give them different names? Because they, they perform different roles, even though they are in the same car. Do you understand? Yeah. So you ask, so, so, so what happened? To the other person. So then you ask, which one? Then you say, the driver. Or you say, the passenger. Yeah, they were both in the same car. But in the car, their roles are different. So the same person, his name is Charles Brown. But Charles Brown is a father and Charles Brown is a husband. And Charles Brown can do so well as a father. But Charles Brown can really suck us. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So sometimes, when Charles Brown has failed so miserably at being a husband, then the next thing is that the one who has been a victim of his poor skills at being a husband becomes very vengeful and retaliatory, and she starts to attack the other thing he's doing very well. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So she starts to talk to him and or talk to the child and remove the child and your useless father and this and put all kinds of things into the child's head. And the child grows up resenting the father. Do you get it? But liking the mother. Do you see? Yeah. And then you you see that you are you are set up and you have to be very careful with that because you, if you are not careful, you will end up cursing someone you love. You, you get it? Because, because when the forces and when the laws start acting on her life, you see, it will just act on her life because this verse we read earlier is going to get her. The Ephesians verse is going to come after her. That this is your father and this is your mother. Do you understand? You not say, honor your mother's husband. That's not what it is. Honor your father. You... Amen. So the fact, the fact that he didn't make a great husband to your mother or didn't even marry your mother. You see, even that. The fact that that didn't happen. It's none of your business. Let me, give you, let me give you a very simple formula for honoring your father and mother. Any, anything that didn't stop them from being your father or mother should not stop them from being honored by you as your father and mother. That's right. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, he didn't marry your mother. Fine. Great. 
Did it stop him from being your father? It didn't. Then it should not stop him from being honored by you. That's all. It's just simple. You need to save yourself. Save yourself. Save yourself. Yeah, save yourself. If you dishonor your father, something will come after you. Yes. You can never love your mother enough to compensate for not loving or honoring your father. You can't do that. Do you understand? Yeah, you can't do that. If a mother was the same as a father, then God wouldn't give you both. God will give you just mother or just father. You see, and you can never be mother enough to not need the father. So those of you who also drive away the parents, the other parents, see that you're giving birth to a child with someone, then you have problems with the person. So you drive away the person from the child's life. Do you get it? You can never make up for that absence. You can't love the child so much that it compensates for the absence of the father. You can't do that. You are like somebody who is cooking in the kitchen and then you taste the food. Then you see, mm, you are missing some salt. Then you add more pepper. Yeah. Then you taste, you taste it again and you say, hmm, hmm, no salt. Then you pour in more pepper. Listen, you can never increase the pepper in the food enough to compensate for the absence of the salt. It's, it's, it doesn't work that way. When your food is missing salt, salt is what it will take to correct it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. That is why you, you, you have to be careful. And I think that when you're having all these struggles, because the reality is all these things I'm talking about, they do happen. See, they're real. Sometimes people can really mistreat people. Do you understand? People can really mistreat people. Guys can really mistreat ladies. And ladies can really mistreat guys. So these things happen. But what I'm trying to show you is don't make the sin worse by extending it to the poor child that is between you. Do you understand? Give your child, give your child, give your child a chance at life. That it may be well with them, which is what you want. Isn't that what you want? That's what you want. You want it to be well with your child. Some of us don't want our children to be like us. You want your child to do at least better than you. Yes. And God has shown us the two ingredients for doing well in life. Honor your father. Honor your mother. That's it. If you do get those two right, the Bible says it will be well with you and you will live long. You will live long. You will live long. Can I have an amen? Yeah. Yes. Amen. And, 
And whatever problem that you have with the man or with the woman, just take it to the Lord in prayer. You get it. The songwriter said, oh, what peace we often forfeit. What needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. You see the thing? So take it to the Lord in prayer. But don't create a spiritual error. Don't create a spiritual error by, by teaching your child to disregard and to despise her mother or her father. It's not going to work. Are you getting what I'm saying? You will only live to regret it, I tell you. You will only live to re- regret it. Hallelujah. Yes. A child needs both a father. A child starts his life from his mother. Yeah. You start from there, but you must travel on to the father. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. You can't be stuck with your mother forever. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't be stuck with your mother forever. You start life on your mother's lap. You end with your father. It's your father that's going to counsel you is your father that's going to... You know, when your boys start to grow up, you see, even their voice will change. When they speak, you wonder, is it your father who is speaking or who is this that's talking? Yeah. You see that the boys are too... They are even taller than you. Yes. You need something that is stronger than you. The voice that's been babying them is not the same voice that can bring them to book and discipline them. No, that cannot be. So each one has its place. And the children must have both. And if you have grown up being bitter against your father, do you understand? Pray to God for grace. You see, don't pretend it's not there. Because if it's there, it's affecting you whether you like it or not. Yeah. It's a spiritual thing. It's affecting you. Something is happening. You are not getting into certain things that you could have been into because it's against you. Something is working against you. Pray about it. You say, Lord, give me love. Help me at least to honor my father. You understand? Help me at least to honor my father. Recently, I was talking to one of the pastors and he was telling me, I asked him, how did you meet your wife? He said, my father chose her for me. Now, I haven't heard that in a long time. I'm sure you haven't heard something like that. Yes. So, I said, wow, are you serious? He said, yes. His father chose. So, I asked him, how come? Then he said, to start with, I didn't know my father. I only met him about three or four years ago. This guy is like maybe 28, something like that. He said, I met my father about three years, three or four years ago. And uh, my father told me the story of how he and my mother and, you know, that whole situation worked out. So anyway, he had been raised by his mother all his life and all that. So he had been in the church and had been hearing the teachings about honoring your father and so on. And he, was, he said, I have a choice. Either to hate this man the rest of my life or to end it all right now by honoring him. So he was thinking of what to do to honor this man. Then it occurred to him, ask your father to find a wife for you. Yeah. 
pasó? He said he went to his, he called his father and he told his father that I know that you and I hardly have a relationship. We haven't been together, whatever, but I just want to honor you. So I want you to find a wife for me. The father was so moved. The father went to speak to, the father saw that something, and the father himself is not a church person, but his sister is a church person. So he went to call his sister. That my son has placed this request before me. It, is, it's, it's, it has to be handled with care. And since you are the spiritual one, you see. So, as the sister, can you, your church, can you find a wife for my son? Then the sister also went to speak to her pastor and said to the pastor, Pastor, this is a very special case. Get it. My brother's long lost son has come home and has asked my brother to find him a wife. We cannot let him down. So please, Pastor, you know the people. So please help me. <laughs> then the pastor had one of the sisters in the choir. Yeah. Those of you in the choir. Expect a breakthrough in the name of Jesus. So the pastor just looked over and told the sister, he said, call that girl. He says, come. This girl came and said, yes. Said, you know this sister? Yeah. Her brother's son wants a wife. And I'm recommending you. Yeah. And she also said, okay, pastor, whatever you say. <laughs> and then they started talking. You should see them. They have a beautiful relationship. And I was just thinking that, you know, this is how they used to do it in the old time. Now it's all messed up. <laughs> Pastor Bright, I tell you, and the two people have a great relationship. Oh, you love them. Beautiful. Beautiful couple. You know. And I believe God is going to bless that guy because of that. Even, even if he chose the wrong person. Do you, do you see? Because you know, life, man, you have to understand that it's not that people don't make mistakes. Because we all are wired to make mistakes. But you see, life is a combination of curses and blessings. Do you see? So the interplay between the curses in your life and the blessings in your life the setbacks in your life and the advantages that are in your life. The outcome of the, rela the relationship between you, that's this minus this. That's what it is. So when you see someone whose life seems to be blessed, what it is is not that he doesn't have issues or have curses. He has curses, but his blessings go way further. Do you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like the difference between a rich man and a poor man. Do you think rich people don't have bills? Rich people have bills. Bigger bills than poor people. Yeah. But what it is is that the ability to solve or resolve those bills, the rich man has a much higher capacity to deal with them than a poor man does. So the same bills, even greater bills, don't bring him down. Because the means to solve them, he has more of it. So what you have to do is to accrue more blessings. 
do more things that bring more blessings into your life. That is it. Instead of, instead of trying to spend all your life taking care of the cases and the disadvantages and the problems in your life. You know, pretend they are not there. Get up and go and do things that bring blessings. Because if you have enough blessings going for you, the blessings in your life will dwarf the curses in your life. Yes. Yeah. If I come and tell you that, if I come and tell you that, hmm, you know, today I received my phone bill from my mobile phone company. Can you believe how much it is? Then I tell you the bill is $200. Then I tell you after that, that, oh, by the grace of God, somebody dashed me $5,000 today. Do you see that suddenly my $200 bill, it's, it's not a problem. It's not a problem. Do you understand? Instead of spending, instead of spending time on the phone, calling T-Mobile, and then calling uh, Verizon after that, and then calling um, everybody, arguing with them, AT&T, and I'm calling them. Now I'm even confused. I don't even know which of them actually sent me the bill. Instead of arguing with them and fighting so much, do you understand? Forget about it. Do the thing that brings the 5,000. Do that. Because if the 5,000 lands, this 200 will be nothing. It will be nothing. It will be nothing. That's why what I'm teaching you tonight is number one deliverance key. This is what I'm sharing with you tonight. Yes. It will change everything in your life. I said it will change everything in your life. Just start honoring your father and your mother. So when we have, um, um, I'm expecting that, you know, next year and the years following, Founders Day will be the biggest, like, like when we're talking about parties in the church. I mean, you know, yeah, I was saying to my wife yesterday that, you know, God has blessed us with some celebrations in the church that, that make our church really nice. One of them is International Day. Yes, that brings a lot of happiness. And I was telling her that another one is Founders Day. And, and Founders Day, because it's an excuse to have a big party. Yes. I mean, and I was telling my wife, I'm looking forward to the day when it will become, I mean, like an, so people are looking for a reason to have a party. And Founders Day has brought itself. Yes. So it, it should become a big bash. Yes. And some idiot is going to come and tell you, yeah, 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 yeah. You see, because if you understand what I'm saying, you, you see that it takes only an idiot to, yeah. Some idiot is going to come and tell you, you guys are worshipping your pastor or your bishop. You see, that's, that's when you tell the person, come with me, come with me to the church and join me at our worship time and know who we really worship. Yeah. Do you, do, do you understand? Yeah. Yes. That we are honoring our father. That's what it is. We're honoring the source of life. 
You get it. Look at it. You see, it says that it may be well with you that you will live long on the earth. There is another verse. First Timothy chapter 5. First Timothy chapter 5. Our time, oh, it's up. All right. I'll just share this verse with you and we'll close, okay? First Timothy chapter 5. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 17. Look at it. It says, let what? The elders that rule well. Now, let me pause right there. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. You see, this church, Lighthouse Chapel, has 2,000 branches. Yes. What, what, what um, some people are doing just once. Okay. We have done it 2,000 times over. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Now, when you have 2,000 things that move together as one thing, do you understand? The one who keeps them together must be doing something right. Don't you think so? That he's not just an elder, but that he's an elder that's ruling well. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah. Because some of us have two children. It's not easy. You get it? Just you, you, Cisco, and Pancho. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's not working. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. So some other churches, God bless them and everything. They, all they have to do is to deal with just one set of marital problems in the church. That is it. We have to deal with marital problems across 2,000 churches. Yeah. Some, some churches just have to do with one building project. We have to think about 2,000 building projects. Do you understand what I'm saying? How are we going to have a building for every one of these 2,000 churches? And while we're doing that, we are starting more. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? Some churches have just six pastors in the church. All they have to do is just to keep the six pastors, keep their pants on, keep their zip on. You know, everybody just, we have to zip up the pants of 2,000 pastors. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Huh? Yeah. We have to keep, make sure that 2,000 pastors are behaving correctly. Some churches have to do fundraising and everything just to buy one keyboard. We have to buy... 2,000 keyboards. I mean, 2,000 keyboards. Do you know 2,000? You have to count to 100. Then start again. Get to 100. Then start again. Then get to 100. Then start again. Then get to 100. When you do it for the fifth time, take a break and rest. And then come back and start again and get to 100 and keep counting. You have to do that 20 times to get 2,000. That's a lot of churches by the grace of God. But I'm just trying to show you something that the one 
who is able to keep 2,000 churches together as one family. Because you see, even sometimes you see one church, there's one church. They cannot stay together as one family. Just one church. Yes. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and please understand what I'm saying because I'm not putting any church down or anything. It's just by what grace God has given. And I'm just trying to show you the magnitude of what this person has to do. And therefore, if it's working, somebody must be doing something right. So this scripture must apply. The elders that rule well must be counted worthy of... You see, the honor has to be twice... Yeah, so if somebody, if somebody tells you, you know, but how come you lighthouse people, are you the only ones who are a pastor? Why do you make so much noise? You say, then you take them to the scripture. You say, you know, you see, ours is a little, it's a little different. We, we, we have the case of an elder who rules really well. So the honor is double. That's, that's, that's why. That's why. That's why we do it twice. That's why we do it at Founders Day. That's why we do it again. Um, Galatians 6 6 because the elders that rule well they deserve double uh, twice yeah then look at the other verse the part of the verse especially those who labor so that means that if our founder let's say was retired he was not even preaching anymore he would still be worthy of double honor. Okay, so what happens when we throw in his laboring in the word and in doctrine? It goes through the roof. World Cup level. The whole thing is sport now. Yes. Hallelujah. You have an elder who rules well, double the honor. Honor him twice over. Yes. Galatians 6 6 found this day. Yes. Double the honor. Yeah. Yeah. You see, and if it, if it pains you, then, <laughs> you see, then. It's like somebody, a lady who goes to do her hair. You see, and then it pains her. <laughs> Have you seen some before? A, a lady who has gone to do her hair. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's paining her that her hair is looking so nice. But that's what people do. People have a problem with their head looking nice. But you don't know that people are defined by their heads. That's what it is. People are defined by... How do we know if we were to take the heads of... You know, listen. Wait, 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 wait. wait. If we take, if we take two, two ladies, you see... The, the, no, I want two ladies of, let's say, similar size. Let's say, let's take these two ladies over here. Right? No, sit down, sit down. Yeah. Let's say we take these two ladies. What's your name? Irene. And what's your name? Jessica. Now, we take these two ladies, Irene and Jessica, then we throw a blanket over their heads. So you cannot see their heads. 
and you walk into the room, how do you tell who is Irene and who is Jessica? Do you understand? Because Irene and Jessica are not defined by their shoulders. They're not defined by their chests. They're not defined by anything else. Easy. You just, you just take, just take, no, wait, wait. Just take the blanket off. All your dilemma is solved. Because once you can see the face, you know who is who. So people are defined by their heads. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. That is why people don't mind. If their hair can look nice, they don't really mind what they're wearing. It's true. Yes. You see a lot of the ladies, I don't know if your ladies do it here, but in my church, the ladies in the church, they come to church with two shoes. Hey! Pastor Bright is here too. Yes. Yes. But I've never, see, let's see, special shoe. Ah, you see? But I've never seen any of the ladies come to church with two hairs. Yeah. Because as for the feet and so on, oh, different one comes, different one goes. But the investment is here. It's here. It's here. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah. And then finally, finally, Luke chapter 16 and verse 12. Luke chapter 16. Look at this. And if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? Yeah? If you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? That is why he said, render to all what is their due. Because if you get into a habit of depriving people of what belongs to them, you will set yourself up to be deprived of what belongs to you. That's, that's what is going to happen to you. Yeah. You see, if you get into a habit of disregarding people, despising people, you will set yourself up to be disregarded and to be despised. Yes. If it's time to honor someone and you, general, you call a political discussion. Do you understand? And invite people and, and create and make insinuations and make statements that it's like you are saying but you are not quite saying. But you lead them on enough such that what you mean is understood. 
You set people up like that, people will be set up concerning your promotion also. Yes. Don't be surprised. When it's time for you to be promoted at work, don't be surprised that a group of people will also come together to discuss whether you are worthy of that promotion or not. Yeah. Because Galatians 6, 7 says, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. You have to, you see, when something belongs to someone, give it to them. Give it to them. Give to your mother what belongs to your mother. Give to your father what belongs to your father. Do you understand? Do you know how people come by their names? If you've had a child before, you will realize that naming your child is one of the joys of life. Usually people don't give birth to a child and just say, oh, find some name for the child. No, 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 no. They sit down, they go through books, they check the names of people. Re- recently, recently, I saw one of the ladies in one of the ladies in our church, she's called Wendy. They call her Wendy, Wendy, Wendy. And then one day I saw that she had written her name somewhere. And she had written Gwendolyn. So her Wendy is actually an abbreviation for Gwendolyn. And I said to her, somebody must really like you to call you Gwendolyn. That, can you imagine the baby was born, sweet girl, fat cheeks, nice. Then somebody's thinking, what name can I give to this child? So most of our names reflect a, a fondness in somebody's heart. Do you understand? Somebody was fond of you. Somebody, somebody gave you that label. That I, I mean, I like you so much. I want you to go by the label Joyce. And usually your name, your name, maybe it may not be so fancy today. But at the time it was given, it was the own name. It was the own name. Yes. Yes. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. It was the own name. At that time, you see, a lot of people are named after events and so on and the the people who are around. Yes. Yes. That is what it is. So, when somebody names their child, somebody put a name on you because they had a certain feeling about you. Yeah. Don't make a mistake. Now you've grown. Maybe you've become a mother yourself or maybe, you know, so much has happened. You, you are so used to the name that you, you don't know that you, you were somebody's something. Somebody's, I mean, yes. Yes. When she went to work, she couldn't wait to get back home to see you. Yes. And when she would meet you, she would pick you up. Yeah. She will pick you up. Even your hands are dirty, you sold yourself, she'll still put you on air and say, Chuku, 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 chuku. Yeah. yeah. How can you say this person doesn't matter when your name is the label she gave you and that has not changed? Even sometimes somebody is choosing you because of your name. 
And you are proud of it. But that credit actually belongs to the one who gave it to you. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. You're so in love with your mother, you hate your father. You're so in love with your mother because you think she's done everything for you. What about the one who chose her to be your mother? What about him? What about him? Or you don't know that your mother is your father's taste. That your mother is your mother because your father likes such people. So you think your mother is great. It only means one thing. Your father was right. Yeah. He was right. Because he's the first one who thought she was great. And chose her. You have only grown up to come and find out he was right. So even if he's not around or is not in her life anymore, you can't push him aside. Go find him and honor him and it will be a blessing to you. Amen. Stand to your feet and bring the service to a close to Amen. Are you blessed tonight? How many feel like God has spoken to you tonight? How many feel like God has spoken to you? Wait, put your hands down. Let me ask you, how many find this message helpful? I mean, no, listen, listen. You see, in, in church, any question, everybody raises their hand. But I'm asking a real question, right? Serious question that you are greatly helped by the message you heard tonight. Okay, lift up your hand to the Lord. I want you in particular to thank him. Say, Lord, I thank you for sending this my way. I thank you for instructing me. It's like you were in a pit and someone threw you a rope. And God has thrown a rope to you down, down there in the pit. And he wants you to take hold of it and climb out. Climb up climb out of that pit in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus you know I know our time is gone but I feel led to pray for one or two people if you're here and you've had difficulty relating with your mother and father I want you to come very quickly to the front just come very quickly just come you've had it's not been a smooth relationship it's not been an easy road for you your mother and father and there's some that it just it's like a bumpy road you know it happens every now and then there's an issue just come come very quickly make a way for them just come find a way somewhere just find somewhere in the front here and just come don't stand behind anybody just come just find your own spot right here like that just 
come to my left. It's okay. There's some people can stand where this brother is standing. Yes, just right there. Just, you know, we're just going to believe God together. Just stand right there in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just pray. Everybody just lift up your hands to the Lord and just pray, okay? Just pray. Just pray to the Lord. Everybody in the front, all of you in the front, just pray. Just pray, pray in the Holy Ghost. Just pray. See, that was a trap. It was a trap the enemy set for you. But tonight you are coming out of that trap in the name of Jesus. You are stepping out of it in the name of Jesus. Your light has come tonight. Your light has come tonight. Your light has come tonight. Your light has come tonight in the name of Jesus. Your people are set free tonight. They are set free tonight in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just want you to confess that sin to the Lord. That is going to set you free tonight in the name of Jesus. Just confess that sin. Just tell the Lord, Lord, this struggle is my fault. I accept it. It's because I am proud. It's because I am rude. It is because I'm having difficulty with my mom because I am not humble. And Lord, I accept it. I admit it. I accept it. I'm some way, Lord. And I accept it. I accept it. 
I just pray for your mercy and your help. I pray for your mercy tonight. I pray for your mercy and your help. Oh, yes, Lord. I pray for your mercy and your help in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. Mercy, 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 Lord. Mercy, mercy, mercy. I am Jesus, Jesus, Father, thank you. Thank you for mercy tonight. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.